Um, well, let me get my levels and ask my ridiculous question in the beginning, which is, since you're uh, already a previous guest, if you were in front of a firing squad, what was your, what would your last meal be? Oh. Well, so it depends, I guess. <laughs> Am I on this firing squad because I know I've done something bad and I'm kind of like defiantly like, screw you? Or am I like wrongfully accused? Because if it's if it's something I'm like defiantly whatever, I'll get something short. Like I'll, just, I'll have like a burrito or something, like a taco. <laughs> but if it's like I'm trying to prolong my life, I'm like, let's go to the Golden Corral or something. Let me go to the buffet. And just... <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good way of thinking, you I guess. I mean? So knowing me, I'd be like, just I just opt for the taco and be like, just let's get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that would probably be the best best option. I was I was trying to think of what I had for um what I had for breakfast today too. I was hoping you're gonna ask me, but I didn't have what did you have I didn't have anything for <laughs> I didn't have anything for breakfast. It's the same same for same as last time. Yeah, normal but actually I did have breakfast the other day though. I had some peanut butter toast, it was pretty good. Okay. I guess. Awesome. All right, so uh now wait a second, what's uh, well, what's your answer? My answer? Firing squad? Yeah. Um Ooh. It, it'll either be uh, spaghetti and meatballs. All right. That's what we're having for dinner tonight, or, actually. Or fish and chips from the fish and chip shop that's not there in, anymore in my hometown. Oh, uh, so. That doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so fish and chips back in the homeland. Have you had fish yes. and chips, the equivalent here, and you're just disgusted by it, or? Not disgusted. But just like it, you know it's, it's not good. It's not home. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you can get some decent stuff. It just it's just not the original. Did I tell you that story? By the I way, I don't think so. So the the original chip uh, fish and chip shop we used to go to was the Viking Fish Bar, uh-huh. and it was right on the corner of an intersection. And um, somebody basically somebody barreled down the hill and crashed into the window. <laughs> So it was out for a good six to eight months to get rebuilt. And I was all, this was after I'd moved over here and I was all bent out of shape because I'm, oh, the, you know, all the, the fryers won't taste the same because, you know, all this stuff. (laughs) And it, it did taste the same. It was still really good. Um, But when they opened back up, they put out an ad in the local paper saying, we'd like to remind our, uh, you know, grand opening. We'd like to remind our customers. We do not have a (laughs) drive-thru. Nice. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 100. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. If you enjoy the podcast, there are a couple of ways you can help support me and spread the word. You can buy some merch at store.musiconyourownterms.com and also sign up for the mailing list to stay in the loop. What would really help right now 
is to go to Podcast Magazine's website at podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot50 and vote for the podcast in their Hot 50 monthly chart. For the last episode of 2020, we have reached the milestone of number 100. Joining me to help celebrate are my good friends Bruce Vermette and Joanna Haggerty, both of whom have contributed greatly to the podcast and are also important people in my life in general. Bruce gives us an update on his musical activities and talks about the experience of releasing music right at the start of the pandemic, as well as what he has in store for 2021. Joanna joins me to talk about ethics, cancel culture, and Black Lives Matter from both our perspectives to bookend the year's events. She also gives us an update on what's been happening in her business, her own podcast that has just launched, and some really cool marketing information for creatives. We then discuss our plans and projects for 2021 and discuss what the future might hold for the creative community and the world at large. Here's Bruce. Welcome to another episode. Actually, welcome to episode 100 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I am taking 2020 out with a bang. Uh, helping me celebrate is my friend Bruce, Brucifer, Bruce Vermette, the uh, pastrami overlord. That's right. Don't you ever forget it. <laughs> how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this celebration of getting to 100 episodes Absolutely. and working myself to the bone this week, this week, this year. So uh, time has yeah, lost what, all meaning. How you been? <laughs> well, yes, time has no meaning. Especially but. like in this in this year, it's just been everything. Just I, I feel like just a couple of weeks ago it was March, you know, and then it kind of like yep. in March everything kind of changed for everybody. So it's like I don't even know what's happening. Right. So uh, how you been? Been okay, you know, just trying to maintain my sanity while running a restaurant mm-hmm. in, in a pandemic. And <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, all things considered, I'm doing pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we for listeners, uh, you joined me on episode twenty, and I haven't been able to get you back on. So too much pressure, Overlord. <laughs> too much, too much pressure, Army. Right. That's right. Um. So yeah, I mean, let's talk about Brucifer because obviously that got released right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. and that was interesting. So you'd had a big show planned yeah. with a bunch of other bands it was a big bummer man party and then as a lot of bands yeah. probably had in their in their in their forecast to have a lot of fun shows and stuff we we had done a lot of planning for that album and i invested a lot of money in the, in the things and i was hoping to have a bigger splash but you know things the things have a, a weird way of working out so <clears throat> i remember i remember being really disappointed <laughs> in april thinking like well, the show will still happen. And then, like, one band kind of said, well, we don't feel comfortable coming. Another band said they didn't drop off. And then and then the shows got shut down completely. Like, it was just, it wasn't even an option. So it was it was disappointing. But I'm still very happy with that album and all the stuff that we did with it. And I'm optimistic about the next one and future things that I'm yeah. working on. So there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic album. Thank you. Um, we've already heard two songs on the podcast from it. Um but yeah, I mean, you did a you did do a live stream. Yes, and that had its technical glitches, sure. you know. But I I think uh, that that's the whole process of learning. I mean, I think I think this whole pandemic has been people figuring out technology, you know, when they probably could have done that prior. But I think it's been a really good learning tool. Yeah, you know, the silver lining is is people have gotten that side of it. 
So hopefully when we do go back, um, I definitely see there being a lot more live streams. Yeah. You know, if we get back to some kind of normalcy, right. you know, there'll be shows with live streams and that that'll be a thing so that you don't have to necessarily go to the gig if you can't go. Right. And you well, yeah. can spend a little money to support the, the shows. It's really cool, actually. I mean, listen, as, as terrible as this pandemic has been, I think a lot of good has come from it. It's it's shown yeah. it's shown a lot of people how to how to do business differently, whether it's in an office or a restaurant or live music. Um, there's a lot of good that's come from it. That even like a year or so from now, when things are normal and people have the vaccine and everything's like fine, it's going to be like, well, why change now? Why go back? You know, like these these Zoom right. meetings and live streams and stuff. They're only going to be part of like the the way we do things, you know, 10 years from now, it's just mm-hmm. going to be the normal. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but I'm sure there'll be, people will find a way to profit off of it and little guys will get, will get crushed. And, <laughs> but I mean, like even with Facebook, you know, they have their way of, of, of throttling you. And like a lot of bands will try to promote themselves like we have, and it just gets lost in the mess, you know, you have, unless you're paying for it, unless you're paying for advertising, you're paying to be seen. And then it's like, that's not what it was meant to be. At least in my opinion, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Absolutely. And, 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 and a heads up for listeners. Um, my next episode 101 will actually be marketing 101 with my good friends, John and John from uh, the McGrath project. And they also have their own band that we're going to talk to. Um, and that'll be talking a lot about, you know, whether you should or shouldn't, um, you know, actually spend money, you know, for, or, or spend money on advertising for certain things. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. We'll, uh, I definitely think it, it's caused people to learn a lot about social media and, yeah. and getting their, their name out there and getting, cause let's face it, everybody's eyes were on social media more, right. but that means everybody who does want to get their name yeah. out there is also there. So you've really it's, just the not the noise is raised right. up, but the amount of audience is raised up. So it's kind of it, it reminds me out, of, uh, of when YouTube when YouTube boomed in like the mid 2000s, 2005, 2006. And like Justin Bieber became that person that, oh, oh every, he was a phenom everyone heard of. So so many people were trying to do the same thing. And you only have an area that's the size of a quarter to get through. And you have millions of people trying to fit through that quarter size hole and it's you know it's impossible so similarly with that i guess it kind of works the same way where yes everyone can live stream but then everyone's going to be watching live streams so it's trying to figure out a way to make yours more you know unique or important or you know what i mean it's it's tough and i thought we did a good job with mine and obviously it was the only one we did and um there were there were some definite technical issues but like i mean it was fun and i i I would like to do it again and i plan on doing it again you know, under different circumstances and trying to make it a little better. And, but that's all you can do yeah. is try to make it the, make your next show better than your last show. So that, that's right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't think we really touched on the album itself last time we spoke. So, okay. Tell us about the recording process and getting, you know, yeah, had some fairly, um, I mean, she had, had amazing musicians on it, but some people who are, um, you know, a little more well known, um, in, in, at least prog circles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the the start of it, how you wrote it, and and how you kind of like how it involved. all came about, sort of. Or yeah, well, tell us the story. <laughs> well, it all started in 1984 when I was born. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so kind of, I guess what kind of happened was Chris and I at Killbot Zero were playing around. You know, we'd been doing, we'd done a lot of shows. We'd been playing for 15 years together. And, um, and as Chris was getting older, he was getting less and less, you know, excited about playing shows necessarily. Like he liked it, but he was more interested. He's more of a stay at home kind of guy. <laughs> he likes to be home. He's got a family. And, and so we, we were kind of, not that we weren't broken up, but we were on like some kind of a weird hiatus kind of thing where we were still working together, but it was pretty stagnant. I guess we hadn't done a lot. And so I'd always had this idea of playing, basically, it's essentially Killbot Zero, but just without Chris. And I know it seems bad, but I'd always had an idea of doing more drum featured kind of music and, you know, showcasing more different sides of my writing skills instead of just being like a heavy uh, prog kind of guy. And, the album that I put out doesn't exactly show you that, but um, newer music will because I've been trying to make it a little bit different, more eclectic. And so oh. when I, I uh, came up with it, actually, uh, Alex Baird, strange enough, from Casket Company, he called me Brucifer. And that's where the <laughs> and that's where the name came from. At least that's the way I remember it. And um, I'd always initially when I started doing it, I was going into the moniker of uh, the conundrum. Because uh, just because mm. it had drum in the name, I, honestly, there was no other right. And a conundrum is kind of like you know, like a, a problem, you know, what whatever. And it sounded kind of ominous and cool. But um, once I got more seriously into it, I thought Brucifer was a cool name. And having my cat be the logo is on brand for Killbot Zero, <laughs> and so like it kind of is a yep. reference to Killbot Zero while becoming its own satellite. <laughs> entity from killbot zero you know i mean there's even killbot robot heads on the logos and stuff and i I don't want to i don't want to shy away from it but that's how the name came about uh as far as the music um a handful of the songs were songs that i had written 12 13 years prior that were just songs that i had written really didn't have any destination they were potential Uh killbot zero songs they were potential whatever songs they just were there and I was like, well, this, these songs are too good to not, mm. you know, at least record and put out and see if people like them and stuff and see how they evolve. Uh, so there's a there's two or three on there that are definitely just old songs that I wrote just when I when I was a lot younger. <laughs> and then a couple songs mm. that were Killbot Zero songs that just never made it to any CDs. Mm. And then a couple ones that I'd written just for the for the new for the new album. Um. But as far as the music, so like those older songs have a different feel, I think, because they are not written to a movie, whereas these newer songs are scored. There are some songs that have the more of an organic feel. It just sounds like a traditional song would. But there's definitely some twists and turns and some weirdness, of, of course. Um, but that was how those came about. And then when it came to recording them, I went to uh, the Mohawk studio with Sean, Sean Daly. And he was... He's a big, um, he's a big guy in my corner. He, he really liked the idea. He likes me, obviously, and very supportive. And he, when I told him I was trying to do, he was all he was on board. So we were working on trying to come up with a game plan. Um, I spent, I think, four hours, five hours recording the drums for all of the songs. Did it in one day. Uh-huh. You know, not that that's impressive, but it was just. I wish I spent more time on it, honestly. Like if I <laughs> took a day per song, you know, I'd be, I'd be more happy with it. But I would never mm-hmm. honestly be happy because <laughs> no matter how much time you spend on something, it's always like it could be better or different. 
so you kind of have to cut the cord at certain points. But we had the drums right, recorded, exactly. and then um, I didn't have anyone play bass on it. I did have Tim Chimes play a bass solo on a song, but mm-hmm. I used just the MIDI sounds that I'd always used. But on, I wanted to have guitar players on it for sure, and actually I have a keyboardist on on one song. And uh, right. but yeah, so I wanted to give it a more authentic feel, like a real band and stuff, you know. And so I asked some buddies of mine. I asked had asked you too, and we mm-hmm. I had a few people that were into it and had them contributing and there's i was very happy with what i heard and i thought the end result was very good it gave me some ideas of how to do things in the future too so like to to even make it a little weirder or a little bit more involved and stuff so like that you know i think i kind of and you know this too i think you i did a little differently where i had a game plan after i had a date set (laughs) like i I was hell Mm -hmm. i was hell bent on releasing it by my birthday when i should have been more like Let's wait till it's done and figure out a good release date. You know how we were kind of rushing and like things were kind of all crazy that those last few weeks of March and early mm-hmm. April. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I look back at that and, and I, I guess I should have, I should have listened. I should, <laughs> I should have thought differently about it. But that's okay. <laughs> you know, the next one that I do, I'll have the material ahead of time and stuff. I'll, I'll plan it out a little differently, and it'll be good that way. But um, yeah, I, I'm very proud of it. And even though I, I'm, a, I feel self-conscious talking about it to people because uh, people will ask me about it or somebody will it'll get brought up in some kind of conversation and I always am like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's this thing I did. You know, I'm very like not, I should be puffing my chest out and be like, yeah, that's right, but I've never been one to... Yes, you should. <laughs> I've never been one to, you know, puff my chest out and be like, look what right. I did, you know, but I need to be better at that. But Yes, you do. I am very proud of what I've done. That's awesome. No, it's 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 killer. Sean did a great job, and you know we talked a little bit about it on his episode as well. Yes. Um, so you have obviously you have Chris on there. You have Tim on there. Who I need to get Chris on the podcast. Oh, That's that would be for, an interesting for whatever reason. I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, because we've never actually talked like face to face. We've exchanged emails sure. here and there and messages, but we've never yeah. really. Sat he, down I bet and he talked. has some stories that he'd be uh, interested in too. Yeah, he's got he's he's lived a life. <laughs> Yeah, um, but who else is on there? So you've got uh... um, a friend of mine. His name's Ray. He was well when I was in school in L.A. He was a guitar mm-hmm. in one of the bands. Like he was a, a teaching aide, I guess, of sorts. Like he was, he's already been through the program, and he was working with the school as like just in the in the combo bands that he would play whatever style they needed. So as a drummer, like I'd be in with a bassist and a guitar player, and we'd have material for the curriculum, and I would just play along. And mm-hmm. I remember meeting Ray, and I was I was just you know he was cool like I don't know I had a Dream Theater shirt on, and he was like oh you like Dream Theater and I said of course and I remember on a, at least a couple of different occasions after class we were jamming on uh, at the time it was uh, Train of Thought had come out it was the last album that came mm-hmm. out so we were like playing As I Am and things like that just <laughs> people were like what are you guys doing you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we had stayed in touch all these years later, and um, on a whim, I just asked if he would be willing to play guitar on one, and he said absolutely so, and I was floored by what he had contributed to that, and um, he had expressed uh, interest in doing more in the future, so he's definitely on board to do more, which I'm very happy That's with. That's fantastic. Yeah, kill a solo on <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah, he sure. definitely... Wasn't that the one I was supposed to do? What's that? 
Wasn't that the song I was supposed you to do? You were initially going to do the one, uh, the Stranger Danger one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so the, it was a little bit sh- the shorter one. The The process of elimination yeah. was the one that when the one that Ray did. Okay. Yeah. So uh, who else did you have on that? So Vikram? Vikram, yeah. Is he's it? the keyboardist. He plays in Lux Terminus. He'd be the other guy to be great. And, re- and Revo- Revocation. Oh, yeah. That's, right? He's, uh, yeah. Revocation. I think he's no, it's, at um, least... Oh, man. It's a, Redemption. 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 Yeah, it escapes me. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be the other guy that would be good on your podcast, honestly. he's He's got lots of stories to tell. Um, yeah, I awesome. met Vikram, um, gosh, going on eight years ago. He had uh, a bandmate of his, Eric Potapenko, who also played on the album, um, mm. was in a band called Gravity. They're out of Cleveland. And they, I think Eric knew Tim somehow. I think that was the connection, that they were like kind of friendly or they had interacted in some, some way. I can't remember now. But I reached out and asked if they would be interested in playing, opening up for us, and they were. And I was, I was floored by Vikram. He was, he's amazing. And uh, I sent him a message as well, asking him if he'd be interested in playing along on one of the songs, and he was down. And actually, the reason that Vic, well, I guess the reason Vic really played is because they did a Kickstarter for their Lux Terminus album, and one of the tiers was one hundred and fifty dollars or something, and Vic will play on one of your songs, and I did. <laughs> And so I was like, well, if this is the only way I'm going to get him to play, I mean, I'm going to fork over that cash. And, you know, and it was money well spent because I was very obviously happy with what he contributed. And I know he'd be down to do more. Um, he, he had a great time from what I understood. I and mean, he seemed to enjoy it, <laughs> but he maybe was just right. being polite. Um, but that I was very happy with that, too. Cool. And then who else? Who are we forgetting? Oh, forgetting? Well, so I don't know if I should divulge this information or not, but there were. There were people from Fiverr that I found. <laughs> Did you know that? Did I tell you that? Um, you may have told me that. Yeah. Yeah. So two of the songs, two of the songs have solos from a guy I I, I hooked up with on on Fiverr. He it was just like, hey, he just put a solo on it, and he I gave him the song, and he just kind of like shredded a solo and it crapped it out in an hour, and I was like, awesome, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, Fiverr is a very also under- also money well spent. Yeah, I mean that's that goes into the other all all the money I had spent on things. I spent a lot. I mean, oof, on the on like the videos and stuff. I, I I'm still paying for those. <laughs> right. Well, I mean this this logo came from Fiverr, so. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The the new shirt, the new merch. <laughs> yes. Available at store.musiconyourownterms.com. Yeah, that that was from Fiverr too. Great guy from Indonesia. Yep. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's that's fantastic. So what – all right, so the learning experience, what what would what are you going to do differently next time um, other than the scheduling of the, the release? So I think like – what, what other things do you think you do differently? What I'd like to do – I mean, obviously, it's, I can't help but write how I write. Like the songs, you can hear something that I've written and you can say, that sounds like something Bruce would write. But I've been sure. getting influenced by these other um, bands. So – like for example, Twelve Foot Ninja is a, I'm uh-huh. uh, these guys are amazing, and what I mean if you're unfamiliar with them, they are primarily a gent band, but they do these things where they'll have sections in that are funk or they'll like reggae or even like kind of like a, a swung feel, and I'd like to incorporate different styles, you know, kind of melding them all together. Another band that I've really gotten into is called Igor, 
and they okay. they combine a lot of different things like uh, classical music, opera, electronic music, metal, and that's real crazy. <laughs> they do all kinds of weird stuff, and I uh, I just think that if I keep doing what I'm doing, it'll be fine, but it might be boring, and I don't want anyone to be be able to predict what's going to happen. So I I, mm-hmm. I like to throw everything at the kitchen sink, and like with Igor. They use all kinds of instruments that you wouldn't expect. They use different sound, like sound surfaces and sound voicings. Like they, uh, one of the songs, the the main person who writes all the Igor, I guess, who writes all the music, recorded himself with a cookie tin, just pressing it mm-hmm. with his thumbs, and then they messed with it uh, in in the in effects, and it was the beginning of the song. It was it was I was like I saw a video on YouTube of them doing it. And I was like I can't believe that's that's genius. Like they have, you know what I've, I've thought. Sorry to interrupt, no, okay. but I've thought of the same thing. Just going around the shop, yeah, uh, at work, and and just like take one Sunday with my recorder and just hitting surfaces and just getting samples of like every surface right. I can, so they have this library of just messing with it. <laughs> right, and even and even like uh, he, there's a part where they it's just really fast and screaming, and then all of a sudden there's a break and it's a, a vacuum cleaner turning on. <laughs> it's like it's just ridiculous. The vacuum cleaner is like, and then just starts doing something else. Um, but I, I, I fell in love with those guys. So those guys are Igor and Twelve Foot Ninja are two of my favorite bands right now. I mm. can't get enough of them. But um, so going back to what you were asking, I'd like to incorporate different instruments. You know, maybe not for an entire song, but like sections. Like I, I have a, a Google Doc in my phone where I keep thinking of weird instruments that I'd like to feature for five seconds, like a harmonica right. or a kazoo, like just weird things that wouldn't go normally with the kind of music that I write. Because I feel like if I can just, you can find a place for anything. You know, I want to, like, I want to get all, oh, yeah. and I'd like to have people actually play them. So not just using like a keyboard effect to make a harp sound. I like to actually find a harpist and have them play something. I mean, it might cost more, or it might be more. It might take longer to get get it done, but I think the end result will be better for it. And uh, so that's. It. I think I think uh, Rivers of Nihil have definitely paved the way with the inclusion of saxophone in in tech death. Yes, saxophone. <laughs> I, I mean, I want all kinds of stuff. I mean, you have. I have a laundry list. That's fantastic. Yeah, another I, another little story that that's quite that tickled me is is uh you know selling the t-shirts and how we got you know still you know merch available for bruce oh yeah Yeah, yes Um, i do sell things i guess yeah don't i (laughs) yes but just just a random guy named bruce that you had no idea oh right yeah bought a bruce of a shirt because it had bruce on it so i we joked and i really should have done it is, is set up that that marketing campaign directed at people called bruce sure we still can (laughs) We still can <laughs> see how it how it does in twenty twenty one. Did you get a lot of, uh, you know, give, given that it has satanic imagery and and the pentagram, have you gotten any uh, like backlash from that? No. Or hate mail? Or... No. I would welcome some hate mail. Honestly, I would welcome it. <laughs> uh, no, I think people look at it and they might give me a a weird look. Like, whoa, whoa, uh, a cat, satanic cat, like what? Like, no, my name's Bruce, and it just kind of rhymes with Lucifer, and so I'm trying, you know, Brucifer, Lucifer, uh, it's silly. It's nothing serious, you know, and I I start to, I bring out some holy water and put it on my skin and watch, you know, watch it burn me so they know that I'm, you know, like, okay, he's a demon, but no, no, it's, I I don't get to, uh, 
I don't hear too much about it. I guess people really like the imagery because they like my cat or whatever. They'll say, oh, that's cute or whatever. So I have magnets up at spots, and people will point at it sometimes. But no, no, no uh, real backlash. So I'm a little disappointed in that. I'll, I'll try harder next time. I'll, <laughs> um, I'll make it count. <laughs> yeah. So how many, uh, just a random question, and how many drums are you up to now? How many drum sets? Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> I believe. And could you could you set them all up in your basement? No, or are there too, I cannot. too many. I cannot. Uh, right now in the basement, I have. Um, I had, I had three set up, but that was too many. Um, so I, I believe I have eight, eight different drum sets uh, over my twenty plus years of playing drums. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, but you know, I've looked back. I look back at it, and like a lot of them, I don't play. So Tim actually has one of my drum sets. I gave it to him. I didn't. I mean, I, I let him have it because it's like he wanted a drum set. He just bought a house with his wife, and I was like, he'd been yep. he'd been learning how to play drums and teaching himself. So I said, here's a drum set. You know, here to practice on. Right. And it's like, I mean, I never That's use awesome. it, so it's you know, it's we we share it. <laughs> but yeah, I have right. I think I have eight drum sets right now. I did have an electronic That's drum cool. set, but um, when I after I bought it, I wasn't as happy with it as I thought, and I did couldn't return it, so I donated it to the high school, my local high school, and to help nice. to help them, and like maybe it would help a drummer there, and you know, and I I checked back with the music director there, you know, because that's where I went to high school, and they say they get used all the time, so I, I'm happy with that. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, you, you've also got some recognition from um, somebody who's. Who's very well known? Yes, from from not. A, I mean, you you were kind of. He was aware of Killbot Zero, but he's. Yes. He, he, I think uh, from what you said, he's definitely uh, very you know very enthused about the Brucifer album. So yeah, take it away. <laughs> okay. Talk talk about what you can. Uh, okay, so um, back when Killbot Zero was when we were really doing stuff all the time, um, we had Chris and I had found this. Well, initially we found his solo albums. But I think we found his new his new release, Blotted Science. We found that at first, and we dug into that, and we were just we loved every second of it. And then we uh-huh. we researched him a little bit more and found out more about his solo material, which is really nerdy for any music nerd guy. Theory is like it was perfect for us, and it was different. It was unique sounding, and it, it fit fit us like a glove. So strangely, when he. Uh, when we were when he was recording an album, he had actually this was this was going in 2007, I believe. They were he was looking for a drummer, and I emailed him and showed him Killbot Zero, saying I'd love to play drums for you, you know, whatever you needed. And by the time he had gotten back to me, they'd already found a drummer, but he was definitely interested. And I, I mean, mm. even back then, I I was not I was <laughs> I was not prepared to play anything he had back then. Even today, I'm still like questioning stuff. So, um, but his name's Ron Jarzenbeck. He uh, played for Watchtower. He plays for Blotted Science, and he has a, a slew of his own material just on his under his own name. But he and I had stayed in touch all these years. You know, emailing back and forth, um, just I asking music questions. He's very very helpful, very personable, and um, let's just say. 2021 will be a good year for both of us <laughs> potentially that, that's fantastic potentially and and a and a quick connection also uh his brother bobby yes. is the drummer for fate's warning yes. and i interviewed mike abdell 
uh, I can't even, I think it was in the in episode in the 20s sometime. So there's a nice, nice little connection there too. And um, yeah, Bobby is no, an that's fantastic. Too, by the way. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's fantastic. And yeah, I really can't wait to see what happens there and you and me both. The music that you come <laughs> up. So what, what else has 2021 got since, since this is coming out, you know, New Year's Eve and tomorrow will be New Year's Day. And we'll get shot of this horrible year. Yeah. What's what's your plan for next year? I mean, I know it sounds cheesy and cliche, but I, I honestly want to try to be a better person. <laughs> Not that I'm a terrible person, but I think I need to focus more on how I am towards people. Um, I want to get in better shape, of course. You know, the quarantine 50 mm-hmm. definitely affected me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I want to focus more on like myself a little bit too, as far as taking care of myself. I, mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, I know I'm beautiful, but uh, I haven't taken very good care of myself as far as like anything. You know, eating wise, exercise wise, whatever. I, I abuse myself all the time with work or whatever, and like the last mm-hmm. thing that I think about is my health. You know, I'm just trying to do, 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 do. So I'm, I'm trying to take some better steps towards, you know getting some kind of exercise routine, changing the diet up a little bit since I'm getting, I'm mm-hmm. on the wrong side of 30 closer and inching in on 40 in a couple of years. I want to, I want to be standing when I hit 40. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be crawling, but yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, um, you know, from my perspective, the, the people you need to be nicer to is yourself. Yeah. You know, right. Self care is self care is very important. You're right. Um, you know, we talk about stuff all the time and, I, I talk about mental health on the podcast all the time. It's, it's a very important subject to me. So, yes, you know, and also putting on new music, you know, I want to get into a better routine with that too. I think a lot for the longest time, I was always focused on writing eight to 10 songs, recording them, putting them out, starting over. And, and actually mm-hmm. Ron had, we had talked about this, he and I together, cause he has the same kind of problem where the last blotted science album took him two years to write and get done which is crazy. It, mm. I mean, that's a lot of work. And if you hear it, you'll understand why. But I, he and I kind of agree that the attention span of the mass of, of most people is not there. So it's almost better to just do song release. song. you know, you're constantly releasing something every month or two or whatever would be just to keep yourself relevant or in the, in the minds of people who listen. So I think oh, for sure. something that I might want to start doing is just writing a song, recording it, putting it out start over you know what i mean that way because it's like my album isn't like a, you need to listen to it from start to finish to get some kind of grand idea it's just a collection mm. of songs there's nothing nothing spe- right. specific about it that would make sense you know it's not like listening to scenes from a memory or something where it's like you if i listen to that album i have to listen to it from the beginning to the end i won't ever really skip into the middle or anything yeah i think i think that's really the caveat is caveat if, you, if you're if you're writing a I'm sorry. Caveat emptor. Exactly. A little, a little Absolutely. Plug there. No, I just just the the, the caveat emptor of uh, just <laughs> just the fact that you're um if you're planning to write a uh, you know a concept record and you know you can write it over over months and months and months, but right. you know if you're if you're going for a, a, a you know a sound and an idea for the whole thing, it's better to do it all at once, mm-hmm. but. But generally, yeah, I completely agree. I think the single route is you, you can only really focus 
a lot unless you're a full-time musician and that's all you do right it's really difficult as part-time musicians people that just do it on the side and it's really difficult to make a large collection of work at once and and stay like you said stay relevant release yeah so yeah that's definitely the idea like even and even as the christmas has come and gone i was just and Chris and I had talked about this a couple of times over the years, but I think it's something I want to really try to do is I want to try to write a Christmas song now. But what I mean by that is I want to take, I want to make a video of like a, a bunch of Christmas movies, you know, Rudolph and anything over the, over the last 40, 50 years, anything that's got cool visual looks to it, incorporate Christmas themes you know, for for sections, but write a, a generally a, a, an original song that's synced up to video, uh-huh. just like Killbot would be or Brucifer would be, but while making it Christmas themed. The problem is I can't do that <laughs> in two weeks before Christmas, so I'm going to start right. now, and ha- hopefully have it done by Christmas of 2021. So that and that's something I've been I the last two or three weeks I've been thinking about doing, and I'm starting to compile some videos. And I'd like to, I'd like to have that done for Christmas next year. Awesome. But while also doing like one song every couple of months, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of backbone a project right. that, that gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, do you typically edit your own videos, or you have anyone else? Uh, no, I typically edit them myself. Mess with it. Yeah. But the uh, so the the videos you put out for Brucifer were all done by other parties. Oh, okay, are you talking about animations? The, oh, I thought you talking about the ones that I write to, like just just the ones you write write to you you compile yourself yeah so do, but like the dr strange one i just i'd watched the movie a couple of times and i i knew there were spots that i wanted to have be part of the video so i just cut out all the unnecessary parts but for the brucifer videos um there were a couple that i had written like i said but a couple of them that didn't have videos associated with them so that's where i went out to, uh. to fiverr and i met a couple people there who would um one was animated one, you know, a lot of them were just like found footage kind of things where they compiled it together. So that stuff I didn't do. I, I wish I was better at that kind of stuff, but I'm thankful that I met someone who could do that stuff because I, I really like how they came out. Yeah. So the next one's going to have to be a live action. Yeah. You're going to have to actually. Be, I would film, like, film myself. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What I mean, what what's going to be um, the Turkinator part two? I don't know. Like you got to come up with something to top. I never thought I'd have to do that. But yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to come up with something. I'm probably going to have to like get a hundred pounds of just sliced Turkey and smack it all over my naked body. And I don't know. I guess we want people to watch it. So I'll have close. That wasn't exactly where I was going, but that's where I always go. If I, if I can get naked with cold cuts, I will. Why do you think I've worked at a restaurant so long? (laughs) That's On that note, I think we should end. No. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Honestly, I, I, I hear the cops <laughs> knocking on my door right now, so I might need to go. <laughs> right. No, I, uh, I, we, we should probably kind of wrap it up. Sure. But, um, you know, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being part of, uh, you know, my life oh, and, and your music being part of my, uh, you know, my podcast and, you know, every no. every episode pretty much for 100 episodes. <laughs> It's either one Killbot Zero track or another. Yeah. Well, so that's no, part of, part of the intro. You, and man, it's it's all on this side. You are one of the most important people in my life and have been throughout the last oh. uh, 12 years, 10, 12, 10 years, I'd say. What was it, 2000, 2010? 2011? Uh, 
I can't remember. Because I, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't remember the exact. We talked year. about just, it on the last one. Yeah, it was. It's going up on ten years if it isn't already. But yeah, you, you're one of the most important people that I talk to on a regular basis. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. So let's. If so, just for for listeners, you know, where can people find the Killbot stuff, the Brucifer stuff? Get in touch with you. Oh, where, where can they find you? So if you want to, if you want anything Killbot Zero related, I I believe our our best of quote unquote best of is on iTunes. I believe. Uh-huh. Um, it's on Spotify. I know that. Okay, and Spotify. Um, we're also uh, Killbot Zero on Facebook. And then if you're looking for me, Brucifer, uh, uh, geez, is it Brucifer Music or is it Brucifer? Do you remember? I should know this, right? <laughs> you should know this. Um, so, I mean, b- both of them are on Bandcamp, both Killbot and uh, Brucifer. Oh, right. And I know that the, the Brucifer album is on iTunes and on Pandora yes. and all that stuff. And Spotify and everything. Yeah. I believe P- Bandcamp is Brucifer Music. Mm-hmm. Bandcamp, but I'll link everything in the show notes as I always do. So yep. and if you don't have to and necessarily if anyone wants to that. email me or reach out to me any other way, I I believe it, my email is brucifermusic at gmail.com. Let me I can yes. double check that just while while I'm on the on the air. Because obviously that's what you want to do. Yeah. Be prepared. And if not, just cheat. Yes, it is brucifermusic at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me for anything, you heard it here first. Yeah, no, no, no uh, porn spam though, please. Of course not. No, no cold cut porn. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing. It has to be. Um, <laughs> if it's not, if it's not, my twenty twenty one goal has just changed to making cold cut porn. So. Right. <laughs> uh, only hams. Right. <laughs> hams and gams. <laughs> yep. So, uh, all right, so we've heard uh, the story of Ricky, and we've also heard the process of elimination in previous episodes. So what song would you like to, uh, unless you've got a an unreleased track that you'd like to throw no, out No, I don't have anything yet for that. I, I was thinking about this, and I don't know which one I want to put out. Because either, I either want to do Kung Fury or Replicant. Mm-hmm. Because I, wanted to, I lean towards Replicant because Chris is on it. So I'm gonna go with Re- yeah. we'll go with Replicant. I mean, but Kung Fury is really good too because it has Vikram on it. But we'll go with Replicant to give Chris mm-hmm. some love. Absolutely, man. I dig that song a lot. Yeah. Do you Do you remember what? I suppose this would be a Chris question, but you know what amp he was using? Was he using the PV Ultra on that? When one? he recorded that. Yeah, I believe he was. Uh, I don't want to miss. I don't want to speak for him, but I almost feel like he was using an amp uh, modulator or whatever. Like it was. Huh. It wasn't even like a real amp. I'm pretty sure, but I could be totally wrong. <laughs> I know he's messed with those yeah, he, in the past, and I know he's had some success with them, so I don't want to speak for him, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of his tone. So, Yeah, no, he's he's got a great tone. Absolutely. So, Well, this has been fantastic. I really, really appreciate you coming on. and uh, This is a great time. Cannot wait again for new music, and obviously... We stay in touch every every day almost. Yes. So I will talk to you pretty soon. But the, you know, hopefully the hopefully the the listeners will hear you twenty twenty one at some point. Yes, I'll make sure of it.
Here's Joanna. All right. Welcome to another episode of the uh, the podcast. Today, I'm very happy to welcome back, celebrating, helping me celebrate episode 100, uh, Joanna Haggerty. How are you doing? Woo! 100. What a big deal and what an honor to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For those who haven't um, heard any of my previous episodes or just starting to get into them, Joanna was on episode 31, which is just about a year ago. And also, um, episode 44 was her follow-up episode. And now I'm going to do a bit of time travel. So happy birthday for yesterday, even though that's in the future, because we're recording this in the past. (laughs) And for anyone who caught that, they are your true fans, because (laughs) that's the perfect way to describe it. Thank you. Thank you. 36. What a, what a ride it's been. You're still just a baby. I mean, I hope I'm not a baby at this point, but I will accept not being an old fart yet. <laughs> yeah, guilty. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do a quick reintroduction for those who are just joining the podcast. Um, you know, who are you and what do you do? Okay, it has probably become much more succinct since when we last talked. I am Joanna Patrice Haggerty. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm an arts economic development specialist. And what I've been doing mostly this year has been a lot of consultations with workforce programs. So we have local small business administration programs who administer education around business planning. That is where I've really spent most of my time this year. And personally, over the last several years, I had really been working on developing specific business planning curriculum for artists. And that's really where you and I, I think, sort of found our initial niche was I jumped on Instagram with this new business, JPH Creative, I started last year and really just gave myself a whole year just to freelance and try projects and see who I wanted to work with and continue to beta test my courses and make sure that they're the right thing before I start asking for a a solid amount of money for these artists. Mm. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And if you go back to episode 31, um, you'll hear a little comedy where I put my foot in my mouth and uh, start what wasn't intended to kind of bring up the fact that you'd ended your uh, expand fest, which you, it was a, um, a festival you'd put together. But I did hear recently in one of your episodes that you, you almost got a different perspective on it a year later where it's like a silver lining that you shut that down because of COVID, you know, you, it's actually a good thing that you did end up shutting the whole thing down. So, 1 million percent. And you know, being an artist, being an entrepreneur are some of the most challenging things that you can choose to be as a human in this life right now. And really being able to absorb that failure and pivot and not let Mm. it completely destroy me. I could have certainly gone back and gotten a job. I did apply for certain jobs. I was just saying on my radio show today, that I was a bar manager for a couple months. I mean, I, you know, I am someone who makes hundreds of dollars an hour and here I am just slinging drinks just to make sure my bills were paid. So mm. uh, it was terrifying. It was hard to start talking about, but you were one of the first places I felt comfortable starting to tell my story. And since then, it's been such a deep uh, bonding experience for my clients. For the work that I do, everything I do in my business now is set up because of what I learned from failing um, and from, you know, really having to walk through that process. Absolutely. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you mentioned your show. So 
congratulations on your own podcast. So tell us about that. How did that get started and what, you know, what do you talk about and where is it based? So again, you've been such a really fun instrumental part of little things. And and when I started getting into Instagram last year, I thought I was going to launch this business course and Um, you know, really thought I was going to start being my leader as a podcaster and all of this. And I just wasn't ready. So you gave me that opportunity and and I've just been waiting for the right moment and deciding, do I independent release? Do I whatever? And as someone who's done publicity and marketing primarily regionally, but I've done it all over the country. Um, I have some really great working relationships with people and I was working for one client, the women's business center here and started reaching out for a press release and they wanted me to come on and talk about the show. And then we sort of talked about how I'd always been interested in radio and he was ready to expand. They had just switched from being an actual like radio tower to being digital. So now they Mm -hmm. are podcast, which is such a cool pivot for him. This man is 50 has been doing radio since he was 15 and now has taken the digital wave on and, was looking to expand programming. And what he pulled me on for, the, the program's called In Business with JPH, but we really try to hit the juxtaposition between being a creative and talking about business. Like I bring my artists on to talk about what they wanna talk about. One of my good friends is on today talking about her Masters of Fine Art. And one of her projects has been collecting pieces of tires off the side of the road. Huh to build art installation projects that talk about, you know, our impermanence in our society Mm -hmm. and how flipping cool. And so the show is local based Asheville, but um, the thing about it is it just gives us an opportunity to bring different cultures together, bring the business sector and the arts culture closer. And when they come together, there's just this amazing synergy, the coolest apps, the coolest events. I mean, everything, in my opinion, that's amazing has come out of the intersection between business and, and creativity. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, my takeaway is that you're adding to the potpourri of fragrances that exist in the community of Asheville. That needs to go on a shirt. That was that's such a cool, cool. I am cool all thing. about those marketing things, and and again, I'm as I'm starting to pivot. Uh, 2021 will be a hybrid between this freelance floaty year and then starting to work on the actual next brand, which has been in my mind for a year and a half. It's just it has to come out the right moment and the right time. So. I'm all about the merchandise. So you got some ideas. We can start making them work. I know you know how to get some t-shirts oh, produced. I, I think I know a guy. <laughs> so, and and again, if you're a new listener, you'll you'll find out that I work for a company called the Skinny Armadillo. Um, so shout out to them. Um, I always plug them in the uh, our company in the um, the episode at the beginning. So I can help you out with any merch you want. Well, and, and that's a little bit of that intersection like we just talked yeah. about. They're a business who works to support artists and creatives in having products they can make money off of. Yeah, so they're exactly. paying their bills. <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, I, I work there. I don't necessarily the, – the podcast isn't necessarily uh, connected in, in that way other than me. But, you know, I'm using my leverage in both ways. Like I get guests that we work with. I've had some really great guests like Tyler and the Train Robbers. Uh, Tyler Ketchum's a really good guy. Um, he's been on my podcast. We do great. He's probably one of my favorite customers because of the the projects we do, and it's it's a nice synergy between the two companies. So, and that's really where uh, marketing meets 
good friends and yeah. building a community and you know, commerce is how we are again, able to pay our bills. They don't really accept, you know, t-shirts <laughs> for your Some life bill, <laughs> for your life bill. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. You, you just got to know the right person. <laughs> but, I feel like we've got all the disruptive tactics we've ever needed to, yeah. to break down our society between there you, you and I. T-shirts and, <laughs> um, but I mean, just, just to uh, finish up with the show, what is the goal of it in terms of your brand? Like, is there a, uh, an underlying um, mission? Totally. Or is it just getting your, your word really out? It's really to demystify as overused as that word is, but to just demystify business for mm. creatives and to start to distill the larger things. I, I think I've now done, uh, I've recorded eight episodes at this point or by the time this episode airs for you, it will be um, several more, which is awesome. Cool. But there's this opportunity uh, to really show the larger conversation that's happening. Every yes. artist goes through the same type of struggles. Um, they might look very different for everyone, but we all undervalue ourselves. We all mm -hmm. overextend ourselves. We all get worried about not being organized enough, get over worried about not being creative enough. I mean, these are just the same battles we go through. And the more we talk about them and break them down, the more we can empower ourselves to be successful. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's mostly the base of my podcast as well. So, you know, just different formats, different, uh, you know, coming from a different perspective, but the ideas are basically the same, which is, is really cool. Um, so let's move on. Other than potpourri, let's go for i i just want to uh, going for the business stuff um could you if you don't mind just go through your your ideas of business the plan do analyze and the five buckets of business just break that down because i think those are really useful i love the way you just kind of go and find different things that are on instagram or wherever yeah. there are little parts of stuff I do my research. It's really, really welcome. And it's a, a note I can take as a new podcaster. Um, yeah, I think that there are so many ways to look at business. And really, I have for years, myself and artists and friends have just run against, again, these same quandaries and questions. And so honestly, I have distilled probably 10 to 15 different highlights and ways of looking at business. Um, mm. And so one of them that I really love to talk about is the fact that most of us in our world stay in the doing. We always think that we are only being successful when we are physically creating, making, you know, calling, doing. Um, there is a hyperbole of that. And so I really love to talk about the fact that there's two other parts of really successful planning and, and execution. And that is planning and analyzing. Mm -hmm. And so planning doesn't mean I have every second of my day planned out. It means I know the direction I'm heading in. So I know how to strategically work. And then when I achieve that, I can then look back and analyze what I did versus what I achieved. Did I think I could hit that right? And then you just get your ability to hone in even further. And I know mm -hmm potters and musicians and all sorts of people who have been able to really use those skills to really prioritize time and end up making more money with less effort. You know, there's the 80, 20 rule that, um, God, I can't even remember famous drummer who, um, talks about it. And so there's all these methods that really allow you to 
just prioritize and work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as far as planning, if, if, if you think about it as a journey, I mean, you don't just go on the highway and start driving in a random, well, you may do if that's your goal, but you, you, you have to know where you're going and you have to know how to get there. So, right. Plan... Yeah. If you, if you have a destination and a time you have to be there, yes, you have to plan it out. And that honestly, the way you just brought that up makes me think of being sort of a professional artist versus uh, just hmm. a creative dabbler. You can certainly be a creative dabbler. I am more of a hobbyist. I write, I sing poetry, all those things, but I'm not expecting them to pay my bills. Um, so I can be the person jumping in the car and wandering for a few hours, no problem. But if you're expecting those things to pay your bills and you have no idea where that money is coming from. We all know how much anxiety that is. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's not worth it. And it's one more way, right? Corporate is its own rat race, but the gig economy is its own rat race as well. That really keeps a lot of our artists just stuck and desperate to just take care of basic needs. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to episode 90, Craig Dodge. Um, if we're, While we're talking about other streams of income, uh, that episode, you know, sheds light on library music, sync licensing, working for TV, film, yes. video games. Yes. If, if, you, if you write your music, yeah, if you write music and you're, you're struggling, you know, because of the live scene now and, and trying to sell, Spotify is a big thing right now raking in way too much money for themselves. Go look out episode 90 and get in touch with Craig because that's a really killer episode and I think it's really useful for people. And and use your creative brain. So go and get that knowledge and let that mm. use you to jumpstart, right? There's convergent and divergent thinking. And one of them is where everything is, we're trying to make the puzzle pieces fit. And one of them is where you're supposed to blow the puzzle up to see if you could find something cooler than the puzzle originally was. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's really where the beauty of, of art and magic really come into play. And I, I just know 2020 has rocked so many people in every mm -hmm. industry, but the artists who can really just hold on and pivot and find their niche and know they're still leaders and know they're still artists and they can still create. And in fact, we can create the new reality and maybe we should just be the leaders. I mm -hmm. would like to be the one in charge of where the money goes. I don't want someone else to decide that and to give that to another corporation. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a fantastic segue into ethics. <laughs> I really want to get, so I've actually started uh, getting on some, some websites where they, where you go on as a guest rather than a, a host and get guests. Mm -hmm. So I've actually started putting my feel, feelers out to go on other people's podcasts. And one of my subjects is ethics because I think, and you and I have had the conversations about this privately. Um, and we we slight disagreement in in terms of I mean we're not really but we are slight I, which I, is okay I see I think that to me the 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 amount of negative F, how how do I put this people just doing shit and doing being douchebags is it, been a little more out in the open and it's a little more okay for them they're not like when I grew up. I was afraid, like maybe this is part of my upbringing in England and, and whatnot, but I was always afraid to swear in school. I was always afraid to do things wrong. 
Um, and this is a little bit on my perfectionist side, and it probably played into my um, mental health, but it, I always felt ashamed if I did something wrong. Like I couldn't, and it took me a long time in business to say, to own up to things that I'd done wrong and not expect to be like trampled on and said, you're a bad person. But like now if I make a mistake, then the quickest way is like, oh, I made a mistake. Here's what happened. How do we fix it? But I was always ashamed. And I, and I feel that there's a lot of things still that you should be ashamed about whether that's charging a million bucks for a pill because you have the patent for it or whatever else. But I think right now, and maybe this is something to do with the outgoing leadership, which I'm going to try not to get political, but <laughs> maybe that influence has influenced people to be douchebags. I mean, well, maybe, maybe I mean, it's probably already been there, but it's I certainly it's... already been there. And I don't think yeah. you're wrong by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just personally try to not get stuck in like one year, one moment, mm. because again, I love studying the bigger picture. So <clears throat> I always try to take a couple steps back and this isn't uncommon. We swing between liberal and conservative and, you know, capitalistic and socialistic and, if we just have these dichotomies, we, we understand yin and yang. We understand mm -hmm. this to some degree, um, how to manipulate that and how to bring that to a center and a balance is really what most of us are curious to find. And I think that does come in with, if you have been egregiously disrespectful to the earth, people, whatever, yes, you should have major feelings about it. But mm. what has happened is those archetypes have been shifted. You know, sugar companies lied to you and told you they were fine and fat was the problem and fat told you this and the medical companies told you this. And so what we're doing right now is we're trying to unpack that. And mm. part of, uh, from sort of a mental health advocate, there's a piece of me that says every single human deserves all the coddling in the world. They really do because every mm. single person has had their own traumatic experiences based off of patriarchy. I don't care if you are Donald Trump or not, the patriarchy has impacted you severely. And, and that is worth giving a big hug and a squeeze too. You know, if a little kid on the playground scrapes their leg, even if they were being the bully, you still give a second to tending their wound and making sure that they're okay. So, you know, that's just where I look at it from a bigger perspective. Mm. Let's hug everyone and then also kick them in the ass and tell them to get over themselves and tell them to grow up and tell them to be adults and tell them to work on themselves and mm -hmm. take responsibility. So. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it, it just irks me a little bit where you've got blatant human rights issues that are not treated as human rights issues they're treated as oh well that's my opinion bullshit but it's when has right that issue. not existed though oh truthfully. no absolutely. absolutely and that again is the fundamental issue is of course i mean pr or publicity literally got rebranded itself from propaganda so what happens is people just want you to be pointing fingers instead of really looking at the systemic issues that we have. When you prioritize wealth over people and planet, you get exactly what we have right now. <laughs> so that leads me on to my second uh, subject. 
Super light so, and airy, I'm sure. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, this is a great... Con- well, you know, I think it has to be said, and what better person to say And it we're to, ringing to the year out. Yeah, yeah, we're ringing the year out. Absolutely. Let's do get, get rid of this crap, and then hopefully tomorrow, when this episode um, you know, airs, tomorrow will be the new year, and everything will be rosy. Oh, don't even. <laughs> but anyway, the next <laughs> um, topic. So my next topic is cancel culture. So I, I think there are benefits to it, but I also think it's extremely damaging so my my thought process is a yes somebody is a real asshole they're they're doing things that are wrong and they and they have this company and the company is is trash cancel culture basically if you can get a bunch of people to basically poo poo them for one of a better word not spending their money wouldn't be the right word because i think taking money away from things that are harmful is the right thing to do. But I'm talking just about shaming. Well, yeah, you know, shaming yeah, and making shaming. them yeah, yeah. like really bad. And it's a bad thing they're doing. It is kind of a good thing because of the end result. But the downside of that is there are people that, and this has happened in my family's life as well, where somebody lost their job because of two people saying, hey, he did this, that, and the other, and it was absolutely untrue, and there could have been other people involved, but I'm not, it's obviously a personal thing, but, you know, in that case, it it basically affected somebody's life and their livelihood, and it was the wrong thing to do, and they're the ones that are actually the, the, the bad people because they made something up. And why Discuss. are we placing labels, good and bad, and making that something that we are allowed to be judge and jury of? I mean, right. you know, if I'm going to get real heady with it, I love to study criminology, but it also baffles me that we put the fates of human beings in just other humans' hands and we're like, here's a bunch of causal information, maybe a little bit of data that might make sense, but could also be lied pretty easily and has been proven time and time again. So for my perspective, I always look at almost just what I just said, right? How do we acknowledge the thing that led to that behavior? And my Mm. mental health training really loves CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, because it talks about getting to the antecedent. What came right before that guy hit their wife? What came right before you know, the kid freaked out and, you know, committed suicide, killed people, whatever it is. And I mean, I know it's hard to even bring those touch. For me, cancel culture is really detrimental, I believe. Mm. Um, But I also truly think that not having these conversations is also a huge detriment. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I, I am all about, and I've said this multiple times, really uh, promote the, the, the working on yourself and being a better person and just just having those emotional conversations with your spouse, with your therapist. Get a therapist. It's it's awesome. Yeah. You, know, or yeah. Talk, you know, talk to your friend on, on uh, over a podcast. That helps too. Um, <laughs> it really can be very cathartic yeah. to distill these larger concepts that we all think and talk about and process and, and really go through and Again, I'm not discrediting anybody's shitty behavior. You don't get a hall pass right. for it. But I also don't want to just immediately assume someone is bad or evil. I mean, I just, I don't really believe it exists that way. I, I, I agree with that t- completely. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, rounding that conversation out, uh, let's talk about Black Lives Matter because obviously it's, it's along with the coronavirus, it's been, I mean, from my, my perspective, it's been one of the most important things happening. And I won't call it cancel culture. It's not, it's definitely a separated thing, but I think it's what, what so it's a very important movement. It's, it's definitely changed something it's nowhere near anywhere what it should be however my my fear is that because we've gotten rid of one person we're getting someone who's let's face it mildly better not yeah you know people are gonna get go back to their kind of um they're gonna be a bit complacent and they're gonna say oh he's gonna fix everything and it's no we need to keep pushing we need to keep yeah the pressure on and i think it's already you know backed off like so what what's your perspective i know Asheville was very uh battleground it, it was awful what was happening there it's so what's very, your perspective on it very interesting town because we are smack dab in the south and we always i mean for years we have had our tiny little liberal dot right here and a lot of extraneous things and so it was a really big deal. Our little town has is not as progressive as sometimes they believe and they pat themselves on the back for. And not mm-hmm. that that's discrediting because I know the people who work for the jails. I have black male friends who are the leaders in some of these worlds. So it's certainly not to discredit that they are putting energy and effort, but there are major conversations that had never even been addressed. And so similar to the concept of with counterculture, like you said, I get why you're relating it because we just had to start somewhere. And in the same vein of defund the police, it's a terrifying phrase for people. But when you dig into it, what it means is what's important. And so Mm -hmm. really movements to really gain traction have to by nature be a little disruptive. So I don't dislike the fact that it's a little polarizing. I find that sometimes it can be a little challenging to, like you said, take that momentum and move it forward. But what it has done is it has fractioned millions of conversations in all of these places, in workforces, in governments. I mean, we have had an entire separate task force just recently decide to remove one of our monuments in downtown that has been here forever where slaves were sold around. And so these are just amazing conversations that Asheville would have never had had we not been forced to this level. And what a beautiful opportunity we have, like you said, not to let it fall to the wayside. And let's just remind ourselves really clearly politicians have never saved you not once ever not either side i don't care if you tout trump as the worst or best human ever you're wrong both of you (laughs) so that's just really what it is to me is is let's stop expecting others to solve our problems and let's hold each other accountable one of the most powerful things i saw when I was a part of the rallies I went to, and I went to specific ones, you know, to really show my support and be present. I was, I was not wanting to incite a lot of violence. I was wanting to bring about the change and watching this youth take responsibility. I 
lost it. I cried. I had existential moments. I was so proud. I was so energized and they've got this. We just need to fall in line and build the supports around them and teach them and love them. And we are going to make change. It is not acceptable to treat any human in an unequal fashion. And more and more of us believe in that ideal and know that it's not about praising one person to bring about all of this. It's not, it's not politics are important to be involved in because that is how our country is run right now. But mm. moving forward to find other ways of holding politicians accountable is way more important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I completely support uh, a change. I, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before as well, the, the, the absolute importance of language on society and our beliefs I think we should be saying they are our uh, public servants. Like I grew up in England knowing that they were public servants. They're here for us. We're not here for them. Yeah. And I think they that's been lost for I mean, I'm not going to go say most of them. <laughs> as they're all as we've they're been all, founded. No, they're, they're all horrible people. You know, there's no politician. I'm not going to say that, but no, because again, know, that's unfair. It's not yeah, fair. It's, it's a to, blanket statement. It's but. not fair to, to even polarize politicians right. because truthfully, a lot of them, most of them get in it to make a difference. I went yeah. into healthcare to make a difference. I didn't go into healthcare to make a bunch of money. Then I realized I couldn't make a difference. And there, mm. I give major respect to those individuals. I sit on our public art cultural commission and it's a city board that meets pretty once a month, pretty easygoing. And it drives me insane. Honestly, I, I have not been able to admit that publicly in my own town because I'm playing a little bit of the game and I want to be involved, but it's infuriating. It's, mm. it, it, my hands are shackled in the way that we you know, support and the way we give money and the way we're told what to do and the way we throw parties and that it just, all of it is really challenging to work through, but it's important for me to stay mm -hmm. and to be a part of that and sure. to try and, and help the change and make a difference. So. Absolutely. But yeah, like I said, language is very important in how you phrase. I just don't want to, to, to see or I have seen some of them just lose that kind of, they lose that idea of, you know, um, whether it's greed, money, whatever, power. And obviously that happens. Um, but just if you're going into a leadership role, be there to be there to lead and be an example and, and help. And that goes back to what you said too, is if you are not right with yourself, then your ego is going to come out and you're, you know, lower level emotional functioning. And, and again, I even give space. Jealousy exists for a reason. Protection mm -hmm. exists for a reason. You know, there aren't always everybody with good intentions. There are people who've been traumatized to take advantage. And so you need these factors, but you also, again, as a leader have to rise above. And I have had so many times where people have looked me dead in the face and told me I am so wrong and I can't believe I did this this way and they are missing, you know, the entire story, right? It's like that iceberg. They get this much of it and the rest of it is under there and they have no idea that I actually spent 50 hours trying to solve the problem the way they told me to or, and that, that is just, what would be the point of me explaining that? 
Mm. I would look like a chump. I would look like someone who was trying to put my ego out there. And quite frankly, I would be. So you're right. We have to lead from behind as much as we can. And expand was too much of that. Truthfully, Mm. that business was too much of me letting others tell me what I thought it should be. And part of me had to realize you need a little bit of your ego and a little bit of your vision. I mean, Martin Luther King was an amazing visionary, but he had some major dark sides. You know, there, there is dynamic need. If you're being a really great leader, you might have some things you got to really process in the, mm. in the evening times and find your healthy outlet so you, you have the right way to go about that. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. <Right>. Fantastic. <laughs> Don't be a wife beater. <laughs> that, that would be helpful. Sure. Do you, do you have another um, topic you, you've got on your, your mind or any anything you want to share about your what you're doing? I mean, to me, since this is like 100 big effing deal and it is the very end of this unbelievably pivotal year, I think mm. about just kind of musing on, you know, where we should be heading, where, where you're heading, what's going on for you next? Like, what are you hoping that this podcast is going to be in the next year? What are you hoping the music industry looks like? Like to me that let's wrap up 2020 and talk about 2021, you know, let's go. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. That was a very nice segue. Um, (laughs) Hey, I'm really practicing all of my radio skills. So, I mean, for me, um, the podcast, so my plan this year for 2020 was to do more music and it just didn't happen because Absolutely. I was so involved with the podcast and too busy. Um, so my plan going forward, and this will be covered four episodes ago in 96, where I do an update in the past, which hasn't been written yet because I got to do it next week. Well, maybe you can test some materials out tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I might just crop it out and put it in. Um, but so... My plan is to go from uh, a Monday release to a Tuesday release. Okay. Do no Fridays. So I've done uh, Fridays here and there just to add extra. Um, and we talked about that. You said, I challenge you not to release all your content at once. And I didn't. You so. did. And honestly, I really wanted to give you major props, right? I, it was yeah. 33 and now we're at 100 a year later. That is a... It's a clear market increase mm. on how much you were producing this year. And that's yeah. really, really awesome. Do you have any particular highlighted episodes that are some of your favorites you can shout out? Oh, sure. Time? So um, I got to interview my guitar teacher from when I was 13 to 16. So like fun. 30 years ago. <laughs> 30 years ago. So I, that was a highlight because... I got way more out of that episode than I thought. I was just going to have a chat and get a catch up, but I didn't realize how much of the uh, his like teaching uh, philosophies that I still carry today, yeah. and you know maybe subconsciously give to my own students. Oh, I'm sure, which was yeah. really cool. I mean, he he doesn't teach guitar anymore privately. He works in a special needs school, so oh. which is you know which is really cool in itself, but just, just the way that he articulated his thought processes for teaching. It was, it was an awesome episode. Um, let's see. Uh, well, and the fact that like one of your favorite off the top of your head episodes is one that's really personal. I think hmm. that's, what's really 
powerful about choosing to, again, be a leader and you're trying to set the stage, make everybody look good, sound good, sound hard for you to be really present and absorb that information too. So I'm sure that was a really fun one. You kind of had to because it's like talking about you or triggering memories from when you were younger. And, and that's yeah. really fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say obviously my, my, my high school friend, Alan, who's been on the podcast and was basically detrimental, uh, not detrimental, <laughs> instrumental, sorry, bad word, wrong word. Synthesis of that. <laughs> instrumental in me starting the podcast in the first place and getting me into self-improvement and you know his was episode 80 along with my other friend adam i did that that was my two-year anniversary oh my um, gosh and you know that's always two a good years talk. wow yeah. look at you 2020 so, has had a lot of milestones for it has the podcast. Um, yeah I, I i just like uh i you know our conversations are good whether it's on air or off air um but just the fact that i can share our bond is, is really good. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't meet all the friends I've made, yourself included. Aww. You know, I I think the the fact that subconsciously it was a way of me getting over some of my, my insecurities and hashing out a lot of my problems and just having people listen to it, you know. Um, but the, I, I think the, the main takeaway from this podcast and doing it is just the fact that I get to meet some really cool people and stay friends with them. Well, I, I love that you hit that piece of sort of like tackling your fear. And to me, I feel like that's a really nice extrapolating lesson from 2020 mm -hmm. is, yeah, we need to be safe. We need to be hopefully not passing this virus to people who can get really ill or whatever. We need to, you know, really stand up against atrocities for any race or gender or anything. But we also can't let fear rule us and mm. for me um it sort of triggered thinking a little bit about the things i've had to tackle which is almost the antithesis of what uh, most artists go through i really have been afraid of my creativity and been kicking ass on my business and so mm. this last couple months and few weeks and really 2021 one of my biggest deep intentions is to really push my creativity forward um and it's been fun i have been writing a lot more poetry some really really nihilistic dark shit that's coming out and it's really beautiful awesome so we, we what you're saying i'm here what i'm hearing is you need me to write some death metal to it <laughs> honestly i love that you say that too i have been a singer as you know um for a while and i've had so much weird fear around it because I never liked any instrument I played. Piano was fun, but it was too much work for me to get to a place of real good proficiency. Violin was way too complicated. Guitar just never suited me. So recently I just kind of decided to reach out and asked to borrow a couple ukuleles and wanted to test them out. And I kind of started falling in love because I can get to a level of proficiency where I can sing with myself. So Long story short, songwriting has been one of the priorities. I've written poetry, I sing a little, I play a tiny bit. So yeah, maybe we should come up with a ukulele death metal <laughs> That's not one I've heard yet, so let's do it. Funny you should say that. So my main goal this year, uh, this coming year, or tomorrow, is that... Um, Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch formats a little bit just to go one a strict one a week. I'm gonna try and get 
I've actually already started recording my 2021 episodes. Uh, I think I'm almost done with January. So getting that and hopefully editing it during the the, uh, the holidays. So it's all done for January mm-hmm. and start really writing with music. Mm-hmm. And again, this will be out on, on episode 96 where I explain it more because I haven't named it yet and I haven't figured all the details out. But sure. my idea is to uh, approach all of my previous guests, whoever wants to uh, contribute, and do um, just a massive art project, it, mo- mostly music, because it's music on your own terms, obviously. But if anyone wants to do kind of a uh, vi- you know visual art piece or dance, <clears throat> excuse me, or poetry or writing, yeah, exactly. Sign me up. Doing, but basically the the concept is exploring the human condition through emotion and one of my therapists actually turned me on to the wheel of emotion mm-hmm. which you know being my mind as it is this made me decide hey if i if i sign up a bunch of people that want to do it we go on instagram live we get people involved in the process and we we you know all the people love how to video not how to but in process videos and the making yeah, yeah the behind the scenes yeah, behind yeah. the scenes so it would be cool to get people on instagram live instagram and play wheel of emotion spin the wheel of emotion and pick the song tick the emotion that that person's going to write with i i'm the producer slash co-writer and it can be one person and me writing a song about whatever i love it it can be hey I already have a song in mind because I want to explore this emotion, but I haven't got an album that it goes yep. with. Let's put it on this. And this won't be an album. It will be, you know, as I said, it will be living anywhere. It, there's no yeah, time just, limit. You're creating. You don't even it's really care create, about the outcome at this yeah, point. There's <gasps> one, there's one <gasps> like nucleus of human emotion, exploring the human condition. And oh outside of that doesn't matter. And it's, it's such a big project, but it's not because it can happen whenever. Right. And that's the best part about creativity, especially when you can set these containers. Mm. Here's the way you can engage with this and go for it. Um, It sort of makes me, it's funny. I haven't actually ever like verbalized this on paper or to anybody uh, that isn't my really close friend on the phone. But one of the biggest projects I think 2021 is going to bring for me is my first ever uh, art installation, uh, major outdoor, like, I'm not saying one piece of art. I've, I've been thinking about four different people collaborating and really building that. And it's, it's kind of akin to bringing my festival event production side back. But as you know, I've constantly been, uh, evaluating the festival model and it really hadn't worked for most anybody. It didn't work for producers. Mm -hmm. We were always waiting for day up to get the rest of our money didn't work for artists. They weren't making enough money. You know, it just, it really has never worked for anyone. And so I'm, I'm just playing around with some other creative models and what would it look like to have a paid ticketed, you know, social distance, time slotted, um, outdoor installation, self-guided event, maybe with some live music. So as long as it doesn't involve metal obelisks, because that's (laughs) been the thing. I mean, you know what? We might have to have a giant penis structure. Don't don't. Giant tell penises me I can't. are fine, but no. If it's if it's a, a four sided obelisk, penis, it's all one and the same. I'd I'd actually go pay to see a giant penis, as long as it was anatomically correct. Well, I mean, to be fair, and if if you're a fan of um the Canadian comedy, 
letter Kenny, I always say, if anyone says to be fair, I say to be fair, but you won't get that unless you watch the comedy. Um, the, oh, actually, what was I saying? Oh, I know what I was saying. Sorry. Brain fart. It happened. Um, th theoretically, if I had, when I was in Italy, got into and managed to get a ticket for the art museum, I would have seen David. But we actually saw the fake one on top of the hill, which was fine because it's basically the same thing. Just it's fake. Um, but there is, I think it's in Iceland. There is a penis museum. It could not. It might not be. I. You know what? It is Iceland. Because I remember and, you know, looking it up. Yes. Maybe it would be really fun to just stop letting the patriarchy subtly place obelisks. And to just get straight to the point about why they have giant raging boner statues that are posted all around the country. Maybe yeah, that is a part of the, um, our installation. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, I, ha I have a, uh, yeah, why is my... Giant uh, obelisk. What, why, why is my lava lamp shaped like a penis? I mean... Patriarchy it, runs deep, yeah. bro. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so uh, let's see. So we've, we've covered the music. Um, side and yeah i've i have a bunch of um like ideas and stuff that i've been carrying around since high school you know people have actually heard i don't know if you've I've caught the uh the two episodes but i put uh with the both episodes with alan he was in my band in high school and we put stuff from our 15 year old tape player uh well we were 15 but the tape player was in the music room and it was very dodgy and that, that was our that was our contribution but i'd like to revisit a lot of that music and stuff that's influenced by um and then just like all the hard drives i've got lying around with bits and pieces of it, of music that you know i'll re-listen to and say oh i can pick something out of that and actually create stuff um yeah that that's really my goal is to keep keep the uh podcast pushing forward but create I love it. And I think also reminding yourself to be easy. You know, we have life that happens and viruses and family needs and physical issues. And, you know, I think a lot of times we just get really hard on ourselves. Well, I've had all these ideas hard and on. thoughts. <laughs> Full circle. Let's bring it. Can we bring a little more feminine circle? Let, let, uh, okay. other no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. No, it was perfect. Um, I just, I think it's important to just remind ourselves to, to go at the pace that we have and that we can also dream and not every single thing has to be executed. You know, mm -hmm. it's okay to dream and, and let certain dreams go. I think in maybe one of our first, po first podcasts, I said, I have, you know, a million business plans and I call it my business plan graveyard, you know, and it's mm -hmm. okay to dream. I dreamed up the most amazing multi-million dollar after school program and it was rich with therapy and art program and music and blah 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 but like i don't have the funding to sustain something like that right now so we're gonna go through some other options first <laughs> yeah i mean i i've always said that if i didn't do something in design by 40 which i've already passed i'll i'll start something in cooking so Ooh. i'm I am really good at omelets. That's mm. my thing. So I was like, hey. Yeah, we were down in Austin not too long ago, and there was a really cool, um, what was it called? Uh, it was a, it was uh, gravy. It was a spin on gravy mm. and groovy. And I've forgotten what it was. But it, I, I really love the idea of a food truck. 
Yeah. It's a great business model. It really you is. Know. Um, and that's, you know, if, if I, you know, it, it just so happened that I got into working with t-shirts, which now I found my home. But mm-hmm. if, if, if that didn't happen, I, I, you know, maybe I'll have a food truck <laughs> doing it. And you know, yeah. you've been lucky that your career hasn't changed in 2020 and it hasn't mm. been that way for a lot of people. And just again, reminding yourself that who knows what's around the bend, uh, you might have everything fall apart. I mean, if you had told me two years ago where I would be right now, even completely removing coronavirus, I wouldn't have believed you because I really thought Expand was my ticket to the million dollars. And, you know, it was my ticket to learning all the lessons I needed to build the million dollar brand. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's a fantastic place to end. <laughs> Stay Just, tuned uh, to 2021's uh, end of year episode for the next update. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do that. Absolutely. That could be a fun little reoccurring thing. And and I didn't ask you any of my regu- regular questions, so you, you got let off the hook. But you've been ah. on the podcast twice, so I think you've answered them anyway. Yeah. Unless, I was going to say, if you want, you can. Just for shits and giggles, what one resource, book, podcast, blog, whatever, would you recommend to artists, any any creatives looking to be successful? I actually love that you asked me that right now. So the work I've been doing recently has been bringing me closer to a lot of the entrepreneurs here in Western North Carolina, specifically women. And Dr. Amy Clymer, <clears throat> I am such a nerd for her. She has a podcast called The Deliberate Creative, and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about convergent, divergent thinking, how to get yourself into these processes, how to use creativity in business, how to use business for creativity. Um, It's just, she's amazing. Uh, I had no idea she lived in this town. She had just recently moved a couple years ago, and I did a TEDx event. I was the timekeeper lady, right? Me and my volunteer skills. And she was giving a talk and I was geeking out. And after I was like, you're so amazing. You're so cool. Um, and recently I've been able to sort of work with her more and just get to know her. And she is as cool as I originally geeked out for her to be. So that's awesome. I think it'd be really helpful. Have you, uh, is she going to be on a future episode of your podcast? For sure. Well, I haven't really reached out to her, but honestly I have a list of people and if I'm doing a weekly right now, because it's through the radio show and they're helping produce. So that helps. Um, and so that means I can produce 50 some episodes. And I think my list of potential people is already like 60 some, and that's just my like local community. And and when did you you start? Um, a month and a half ago. Yeah. So extrapolate that out over two years. And I've got an Excel spreadsheet of, it's just ridiculous at this point. Oh yeah. I I started with an Excel spreadsheet. Thank you. And I have files with each of them. And they all have their bios in them. I mean, you know me. If I'm going to start something, I'm going to find the right system for it. <laughs> the only caution I'd give you for that is the fact that if if you do all this research and someone says, no, I'm not interested, you've done all that. I mean, you may maybe in your, you, you haven't done that work for nothing. Maybe it did give you some insight. But for me, the way I do it is I make sure someone's good to go and then I do the research that yeah. way. I, I just don't have the time to, to, to do all these people and just like, oh, I, I can't do it. Sorry. I do it honestly recently and so far. It's been people I know really well, people I've been working with closely. And part of me feels like 
there's also another style of being the I don't know Bambi Mm. like tell me what's going on and that's been working really well so I'm gonna work on that for a while but I agree with you I think that my written journalism is where I would want to really focus on really making sure I'm bringing the research I mean you read some of those pieces I wrote they're all about uh, data nerd even if I'm talking about my own emotional processing I'm so like here's some not you know numbers for you to process <laughs> no that's cool all right well as always this has been a fantastic conversation uh, really enjoy it every time we we sit down and do an episode um, so we'll have to schedule another one or two for next year at least so yeah. continuing success with eh. oh you know what I didn't ask where can people find you and get in touch oh um yeah i think right now the best is still instagram which is um it's probably different than what it was it's jph.creative um in january i have committed to really um running a social media plan so i'm spending this whole month getting great content and really putting sort of the creative business side together um and i will be uh doing one-on-one online month-long coaching packages that I'm going to start launching probably January or February too. Um, so that just stay, stay on Instagram, stay connected with me there. That's the best way. And if you, if anyone ever has any question about business or you're feeling stuck or you are afraid to get started, like just reach out. That is really one of my favorite things is to like pep talk you and tell you you can do it and give you the few resources that kickstart you so please do not ever hesitate if you're stuck or feeling lost to just joanna help me (laughs) awesome yeah so continued success for the future and um you know hopefully hopefully we'll see what tomorrow brings hopefully the the murder hornets don't don't uh, appear tomorrow or the aliens or actually i hope the aliens come but I was going to say, you know, I have no bets or predictions and I'm just waiting for what's there. I I, I have to clarify, though. I want. okay. (laughs) For whatever reason, everyone around me cannot understand certain vowels, I say, because of my mixture of accents and the the name. And I'm going to say it in an American accent. So, you know what I'm saying, Paul. But I say Paul. People can say you're in the swimming pool. You're dancing around a pole. No, Paul, Paul. Anyway, so the aliens I'm talking about are Paul. You know the the Simon Pegg movie versus. No, I don't. I'm so lost, and I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> just like. Well, I I don't want the Independence Day aliens. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. But if you haven't watched Paul, no. Paul, Paul it's hilarious. Seth Rogen plays the alien, and. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick uh, Nick Frost, who, who did Shaun of the Dead. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's the same writing duo, comedy duo. Cool. And it's hilarious. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know my pop culture. I'm just the one is not my strong suit. <laughs> oh, okay. So that that's my recommendation. Go watch Paul. I will. Awesome. We did technically in, right? We're just shooting the shit now. Thanks as always for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. 
I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. For the final time of 2020, keep pushing the needle and please be excellent to each other. This is Brucifer with Replicant. Thank you.